Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of INT's The Podcast. I'm your host, A-Train, joined by my good friend and co-host, King. What's going on, King? Just one thing. Who better than Georgia? TCU, maybe. TCU, maybe. We yeah. shall see Monday night. Man, uh, I, I got to say, though, Saturday, uh, Ohio State and Georgia, TCU, Michigan. Would you say this is the best week, uh, I mean, the best slate of playoff games that we've had? I believe one I completely agree with you. These are the best two open around of the playoffs. I think it also proved we don't really need this expansion. Exactly. I, I think the committee got the four perfect. Yeah, I mean, because you know, uh, I guess we can start with TCU and Miss. Well, no, let's start with Ohio State and Georgia first. Um, okay. You know, that was the game that most people thought was going to be the biggest blowout. Well, actually, you know what? That's not necessarily true. I've seen a lot of people say Michigan TCU is going to be a big blowout, too. But that went totally opposite. But, yeah, Georgia and Ohio State, most people didn't think it was going to be close. I didn't think it was going to be close either. I thought Georgia was going to pull away in the second half. But uh, Georgia needed to come back in the fourth quarter. And they, and they did. You know, I was going Ohio State 18-3 in that fourth quarter. Ohio State missing the field goal as time expired. Well, just about as time expired um, mm. to lose the game. Uh, man, C.J. Stroud played lights out. But it just wasn't enough. I mean, what were your takeaways? Well, the first thing I will say is some of the bigger names I thought in Georgia's defense, I'm forgetting their big D tackle's name. Oh, Barry, Carter. Yeah, yeah yes, Carter. Mr. Yeah. Carter. Potential number one draft pick. Yes. He was pretty quiet all night. So hats off to Ohio State. He was. Um, he did a great job handling that that fellow. But then on the other side. I thought Georgia's offensive line played really, really well. Mm-hmm. So both O lines played well. For the most part, the quarterbacks were pretty clean. However, I never really thought Ohio State was the better team. Yeah, I didn't either. I just thought that they, they just kind of had their number. I do yeah. think CJ Stroud was the best player on the field um, yes. for most of the game. I think he did amazing. And Marvin Harrison Jr., man, the guy was amazing. And I think his injury really tilted the dynamic of the game. I'm not saying they would have won if he would have stayed healthy, but it was definitely, you know, you, it was definitely a noticeable well, drop off. What did you it, think it, about the hit? I thought it was clean. I thought it was clean. He, he yeah. went shoulder first. It, he got him underneath the neck. I don't know what else. It, look, it was a hard hit. You know, it yeah. was a shot. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of two uh, controversial hits uh, of you know the playoffs. The other one happened in TCU Michigan game, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a clean hit. I thought it was, you know just, it was just, just good football. You know the guy catches the ball in the back of the end zone. You got to separate the player from the ball. Yeah, that's course. what he did. That's what you were taught. I exactly look. That's how I know when I'm if I'm coaching. That's what I want. Bring your shoulder. Always bring your shoulder to the party, fellas. Mm-hmm. And he did. He laid the wood. And it's unfortunate, Mr. You know, Mr. Harrison was knocked out the game, but I do agree with you. I don't think Georgia truly had an answer for Harrison Jr. No. Um, what do you think this does to his draft stock for next season? Is he coming out as the number one receiver next year? I think he, I think right now he has to be. I mean, I'm sure that's that's gonna be other guys emerge. But right now, it has to be Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I can't even think of, like, I'm sure if I thought about it hard enough, I, could, I can, you know, come up with somebody. But 
there's no one really who I can even think of that will, you know, think it's a planner. I mean, he's just yeah, yeah. I mean, like father, like son. I guess. I mean, the guy, you know, he has the um the hands that his dad had, the rock burning ability that his dad had, but he also has the size that his dad didn't have. Right. And I just and he's yeah, got great positioning with his body. Oh yeah, yeah. He has really good body control. Um, yes. Very good receiver. Um, I think you know between him and Quentin Johnson, um, you know, I, I go back and forth on who I like more. I think Harrison is gonna be a better pro because I do. I, I love Quentin Johnson. I think he has a potential to be amazing in NFL, but he has one, as I call it, fatal flaw, where he, he lets the ball get to his body too much. Yes. But, but he's shown the, the ability to catch with his hands and high points ball. So I think that'll get that'll get fixed. But uh, it's kind of get on topic though. But we we'll definitely we'll, we'll definitely talk about we'll that discuss, the time. Yeah. But yeah, but now, uh, what do you uh, say about old Brock Bowers? Quiet for most of the game. Yeah, most of the game he was quiet. Um, and then when it was winning time, yeah. What do we always say? Big, big time, time players yeah. make big time plays in big moments. Yep. And when they needed him, he came through time and time yeah. again. Um, I was a bit surprised. You know, what do you think happened? Do you think Ohio State just? You know, kind of got relaxed on him. I don't know. I mean, we've seen this from Georgia before this season, though. This isn't the first time where they've kind of like just you, you, the Missouri game. That's the one yeah. that, you know, really stands out. But, you know, they just, I, I, I honestly, I don't want to say they took it for granted, but I do feel that, you know, defending national champions undefeated this season, I think, you know, um, there might have been a feeling of like invisibility or something. I don't know. Um, but it was definitely a wake-up call to the needy. Stetson Bennett struggled early in the game, but he really finished strong. Yeah, almost 400 yards passing. Yes, he did. Yeah, which was, you know, really good. Um, I didn't think he should have been, been a Heisman finalist, but he definitely played like one um, when the team yeah. needed him. Yeah, he stepped up. I, I, I'm going to just say this about this game. Every kid that played for Ohio State, I'm sure it's heartbreaking. For all the seniors, hey, you know, unfortunately, you don't get another chance. But for that group going next year, guys, they got nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I, I think, you know, people say you want to leave it all out in the field. I think everybody who was a starter on, on those two rosters, I don't think they had much left. Yeah. If anybody had any energy, like if that game for some reason went to overtime, you would have seen backups out there. You know, I, I think yeah. everybody laid out in the field. And like I said, C.J. Stroud, he looked like the man. He was. You know, he was. He looked like one of the best players of this entire bowl season. Mm-hmm. There was another guy who put on a show in his bowl game, but we'll talk about that after these uh, playoff games. So what do you think about TCU in Michigan? Um, TCU, Michigan, another great game. I mean, I was I was really into this game. I remember being at a family function doing this game and just watching it on my phone and just could not could not turn away. Like it was just um just just an amazing, amazing game. TCU jumped out ahead. Uh I you know, I thought they were gonna actually, you know, just blow them out at, at one point, but Michigan came firing back in the second half. Um you know, to really uh, make it a game. JJ McCarthy had a really good game. Max Duggan for TCU actually struggled a lot in this game with the yeah, exception he didn't of Quentin Johnson. Good. Yeah, with the, with the exception of Quentin Johnson, there's like no one really stepping up on the offensive side of the ball. Well, 
uh, in the passing game, I mean, because yeah, the uh, running game was there. Yeah, I mean, they ran like they ran the game. I mean, they ran the ball very well. Uh, Michigan struggled to run until later in the game when they started really attacking those edges. Um, once they did that, like they really found something there. Um, basically, you know, just sitting the edge, just getting to the outside. That was working, you know, great for them in the third and fourth quarter, but they kind of got away from it. But yeah, I mean, just a great game, fun game. Uh, I'm really we? excited for TCU. I'm looking forward to the national championship game. It's exciting to see a new team in there. And um, but what do you think about it? Like, how well, do you feel? I I was actually in Atlanta that week. You know, I went to a couple of other bowl games around it because I was just out there. And but I made sure Saturday I was able to get to a TV and watch TCU. And while watching TCU, the things I saw, first off, we have talked about Mr. Johnson all year. And we say, look, that boy makes big time plays. I think he's one of the top three receivers off the board next year. Has to be. I think he's number one right now. I can't think he's number one. I I can't think of anybody I would put above him. I have to agree. Like, the only reason I'm I'm saying top three is because I don't know what he's going to test like. Yeah. But just from the eyeball test, just watching him play football throughout this season, I have to agree with you. I can't think of anybody who's had, who's been more impactful that, you know, will be in this year's draft than him. This kid has been phenomenal. Yeah. And Michigan never quite figured him out. Yeah. Like I said, they never did. And then on the other side from Michigan, I think one of the things that hurt this team. We've talked about it all year. Michigan's non-conference schedule was not very good. Is that no, fair to it, say? it was. It was not. Their in-conference schedule wasn't very tough. I think that hurt this team. Yeah. You know, everyone rants and raves about you know this offensive line. I know I forgot the award, but they've won you know best of line as a group. I believe two out of the last three years. Um, which is great. But remember, I've said all year, I don't think they have the best offensive line. And at times, it showed against TCU, who does not have a phenomenal defensive front. I got to say, hats off to TCU. However, I don't like how they let Michigan back in the game. Yeah. There were opportunities, to me, when great teams will say, okay, we got them on the ropes. It's time to throw that haymaker and knock him out. Yep. Get him out. Just get him out the way. But luckily for us as fans, we were treated to some great football. Now the other the other bowl games as far as um the committee, you know, the New Year Six. New Year Six. Did any of those stand out to you? Well one I saw that I mean seriously, USC? Seriously. Yeah, Seriously. they're definitely the series. Seriously, so I was confession. I didn't watch this whole game, but I, I but I would I, I would check in on it. So I because you know this the, this game kicked off around the time Mississippi State and Illinois were still playing. Mm-hmm. So you know I, I missed like you know some of the beginning, but I would always check in on the game. Every time I would check in on it, I swear USC would score to 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 like to steal on to make it close. USC would score to go to, to get up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I turned to the to the game with like five minutes left and, T, and USC kicks the field goal to go up 45-30 with four and a half minutes left. I thought the game was over. I turned it off. 
I legitimately did not realize that US that, that TCU won this game. I'm sorry, to, uh, Tulane won this game <laughs> until that night when I was watching Monday Night Football and I saw the bottom line. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tulane won, <laughs> but I did not know you, that Tulane won. I, I I turned it off and just completely forgot about you it. You are doing not other the things. only one who turned that game off <laughs> because I was just like you. I saw the score and said, "Well, Tulane's been a magical run." Yeah. Maybe next year. I thought it was over with. Next thing you know, boom. I'm seeing this scroll through while watching Penn State versus Utah. And this has to be pretty embarrassing for the Pac-12, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Penn, like you said, Penn State and Utah. Utah loses. Uh, I don't know about the other, the other games, but yeah. Well, uh, the reason I say it is because this year, just of all the bowl games that I watched, and I must say, I watched quite a bit of bowl football this year. Um, some of the games, like I watched, you know, Purdue and LSU, which was, I think, further proof of what we've said about the Big Ten of this conference not being that good. If it's, if it's safe to say, the only of the four big games the Big Ten had in the bowl season, the only team to win is Penn State. Yeah. Ew. And they beat a Utah team that lost their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Ew, this... I, I, was, I was disappointed with the Rose Bowl. Yeah. But I can tell you the performance I thought. Okay. Performance of the bowl season. Yeah, I, I have a guy in mind. And just watching him play, Bama, Bryce Young, the oh, way yeah. he the way he performed against Kansas State, is he the number one pick in the draft? I think so. I think so. I think I, he, just, I, I think you know there was some debate on that, but I think he definitely submitted that. Um, yeah. Especially if the Texans get the number one pick, which it, all indications are. Um, I can't wait to watch I him mean, play. I can see CJ Stroud um getting it, but because of you know he's um bigger frame. Um and you know, Stroud is a great pocket passer. Like you that's see. the thing, you know. Um so I can see if in a combine or you know, like workout session that Stroud can jump him, but I do think it's gonna be Bryce Young. I think Jalen Carter or Will Anderson is like just second and third picks, you know. Um, just pick one, doesn't matter who. And then, unless the team wants the quarterback to trade up, obviously, that's you know, that you know, that always shakes things up. But then, after that, you know, you got Quinn Johnston in the mix. You got, um, actually, you know what, according to CBS, Mark Draft, they have Quinn Johnston going fourth. Now, really? They also have Will Levis going fifth. So, you know, okay, <laughs> very, very, very brief. And uh, Anthony, Rick, Anthony Richardson. His draft stock is really kind of like very uh, puzzling to me. I I, I, can't, I can't wait till the draft show because I don't understand how he's going to project to the top yeah, ten I, pick. I think, I, I think it's more on talent. Yeah, but perhaps like we've had this conversation about numerous players before, and I think we both have a pretty good eye for talent. Yeah, I'll be fair, safe to say this. I think there's a few NFL teams if you need some scouts. Head on to INTs. We're gonna do a way better job than some of y'all scouting department. <laughs> and that is shade directly. I'm looking at Denver right now. Yeah. And the Texans, they keep fumbling that. 
But that's right. Yeah, they they <laughs> that did not age well. That ooh, that did not age well. That team is falling apart. But man, but the um, Monday Night Football game between the Broncos and 49ers. and yeah, at, at that time, you know, Niners was like banged up. So I was like, man, this is just two terrible teams. But at least the Niners turned it around. The Broncos well, can't say the same. What I said. These teams should be banned from playing <laughs> prime time football ever again. <laughs> it was it was horrible. But was the reason why, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the whole Will Levis thing. I don't understand it. What what is has has he shown you any flashes that make you say, yeah, this is a guy I'm gonna risk a top ten pick on? He showed me that he has a big arm. That's yeah, it. but how many guys have we seen this happen in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, see, I think they're hoping that he could be Josh Allen. You know, right. Josh Allen was a guy who was, you know, uh, athletic, um, mm-hmm. big arm, but just really raw. And Will, Will Levis kind of fits that mold in the sense of, you know, big guy. Not as big as Josh Allen, obviously. Josh Allen is huge. Yeah. But um, big guy, you know, um, very athletic and a, just a, a crazy, crazy, crazy arm strength. Um so I think that's what intrigues people. So I, I think that you're going to have teams, you know, and coaches who feel that I can mold this kid to be the next Josh Allen or he can be the next Mitchell Trubisky. So that's that he gives me Mitchell Trubisky vibes. And I'm like I said, I'm going to save Will Levis and Anthony Richardson's for the pre draft shows because there's a lot to talk about. Even yeah, for- I can't wait for that. It, you know, as soon as we hit March, favorite time guess, of the year. Yeah, is 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 the favorite off season. Um, but no, I have to agree with that. I think Bryce Young. I believe he's. If I'm the Texans, he's the guy I want. Yeah, I. And this is no knock on C.J. Stroud. It's just, I believe. Even though I will say this, if it were me, really in charge of, like, if I have the pick. I can write the name on the card. I'm taking Will Anderson. Oh yeah, I'm taking Will. I mean, I would consider Jalen Carter. Um, you know, yeah, he's a safer pick. Big top out of Georgia. Yes, because you know what? I mean, I don't. He, totally different player. Totally different player. But when I look at Jalen Carter, though, I I think of a guy who, um, would be amazing for a three tackle. I think of a guy who can play on the nose, but also a guy who's athletic enough. That if you want to like move him to the outside in three four the five technique you can do that with him. Um, I wouldn't do it, but you can do that with him. You yeah. know, in certain situations because he's very athletic, he moves well, and he has really good lateral uh, mobility. You know, to I, was say, I think you know Chris Jones was able to kick out. That, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I was saying about like you know like different players. That's the guy I was thinking about when I said that it was Chris Jones. Chris Jones, a guy who. You know, you know, you know me like from talking personally, scheme versatile. That's that's a big thing with me. Yes. Like Chris Jones is a guy who can play pretty much anywhere on the line on any system. You know, and that's he's who he's probably the closest comparison yeah. I can think of. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. See, I, yeah, that's what I think about it was Chris Jones when I, when I brought him up. It's just that they had different body types. Chris Jones more big and muscular. Jones, mm-hmm. I mean, Jaden Carter, you know, not fat, but you know, but Jaden Carter is. He's you know, closer just, to Dexter Lawrence in body yeah, type. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so. Although I, I do will say, even though I will say, 
the Giants have fumbled Dexter Lawrence's development, but <laughs> they really yeah. have. like that kid should be a yeah. pro bowler. I agree. And then they kicked him to they tried him in the three four in. I'm just mm-hmm. like again, that's why I say like in certain situations you can do that. You know, right? Actually, Dexter Lawrence is a better comparison. You can do that, you know, but I just feel that. I, but I think ultimately, you know, you, you got to put them inside and let them just right. be it, it. It hasn't worked that. And yeah. I think the reason why they were hoping that is because Jeffrey Simmons has been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quentin Williams was able to do it. Yeah, Quentin Williams is having a big year this year. Yes, he is. He's finally turned the corner because, you know, there's a buddy of mine, you know, who I've told him, I was like, y'all should have taken Jeffrey Simmons. But yeah. yeah. And he's like, but I think Williams is gonna be okay. I was like, Jeffrey Simmons was your was your guy. Yeah. But as I far still, as I still think that, but Williams definitely has turned the corner. Oh, no. Jeffrey Simmons is arguably a top five D lineman in, in the NFL. The reason why I have to agree with you though with Carter, you know, if you're the Texans, you have a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I just think you go defense. Anderson and Carter are safe for picks. Yeah, it worked for them before. Remember, um, granted, way back when, you know, Reggie Bush, Vince Young, they take Mario Williams, and Mario it worked Williams. out for him. You know, yeah. Um, so they took Clowney when some people thought, "Hey, you can go." It's when they go defense, they t- tend in the first round. It has worked out. Yeah, you know, think about the the Pro Bowlers they've taken in the first round: Mario Williams. Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt, which, I mean, that, he's retiring this year, which is... Yeah. Look, hats off yeah. to J.J. Yeah, def- definitely one of the GOATs. But I know, you know, we normally talk just college football, but very quickly, I'm going to just give the guys roses. Should he have been one of the first players to ever win MVP playing defense? You said should he have been? Yeah. Yeah, he had that stretch where he was... Because there was a season. He's the best of, football. I, mean, I believe someone said he scored like five, four or five touchdowns in one season. Three of them like, offense are two or three. Only, the only other guy who I thought probably should have gotten it was Derrick Brooks when he won defensive player of the year. I thought yeah. Derrick Brooks could have won MVP that year. Um, yeah, but I'm saying those guys, he, he, he put together some magical seasons. And I remember this one of my – Favorite moments of J.J. Watt. You know, because one, like I said, being in Houston, you go to a Texas game and Watt was playing, and, you know, the, the crowd's kind of dead, but then J.J. comes around, makes a big hit in the quarterback or gets a strip sack or something. They start playing turn down for what? The whole NRG is going crazy. Crazy environment, easily. You know, but I remember watching... Uh, you know how the NFL does the top 100, mm-hmm. and you know, they were talking about you know, and Pat McAfee's like, if I ever could be someone else, I wanted to be JJ Watt. <laughs> he's like, because you know, I, he's like, I think I'm a pretty decent athlete, but I saw him at the Pro Bowl, and I was like, wow, man, it must be amazing to be able to do the things he can do in a football field. And I was yeah. like, I think. That's gotta be the best type of praise when you get somebody who's who is a very good their position, very good their job. Who's like, I wish I could do what you do. And you know, hats off to JJ. Like I said, phenomenal career. 
Yeah, yeah 2014. How about how about this in 2014? Um, you know, he had a, a, a pick six, 80 yard interception return. Yep. Um, four forced fumbles, five from recoveries, and a touchdown, 20 and a half sacks, 78 tackles, 29 tackles for loss, 51 hey. QB hits, one safety. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you say it's, about it. And, and then, and then his second year in the league, he also had 20 and a half sacks. He had, um, Four forced fumbles. He had a year with seven forced fumbles in the season. I mean, the guy's just it, yeah. The the stuff he did. And that was his comeback year. We had the seven forced fumbles. Yeah, I remember. Like when he had that comeback, he still had over sixteen sacks. It, mm-hmm. Sixteen the, sacks, yeah. And one of the things people forget, I don't know if they keep track of his SWAT at the line. There's a reason why they call him JJ SWAT. <laughs> you know, the guy would you know. Look, no knock to Aaron Donald because he's phenomenal. Well, he's created with 16 pads to in his second year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think we realize how big of a deal that he is. Yeah. You know, you're playing in coverage. You're like, I ain't even got to worry about it. JJ going to knock that down. And, and, and that's a lost art. You know, I mean, you see players doing, but I feel like that is a, it's, it's, it's a very important part of being a defensive lineman. You know, you, you try to get that push, but if you, if you know you're not going to get there, you hold your position and you get your hands up. Especially the the thing that disappoints me most about that, since you know we're talking about that, is we just spoke about guys like Dexter Lawrence. You you know these are some big framed guys. You know Dexter Lawrence is what six four six five. Yeah, he's he's big. You yeah, get your you pause. You get your your pause up there. You might not get sixteen, but I guarantee you'll get a few. Mm-hmm. And that's a Hey, on second and seven, second and nine, you get that paw up there, batter pass, tip a pass, that can just be an incompletion or you never know, interception happens. So I would like to see more guys do that, especially on the collegiate level. You think it's just something they're not teaching now? Uh, I mean, you would hope that. I mean, cause I still see it on the collegiate level. I still see it. You know, I just feel that it's something that you don't see as much as you should. Like, you know, I feel like it should just be like a human like every snap. Oh, okay, we can't get to it. All right, get your hands up. You should be seeing like two or three guys putting their hands up each play. You know, like right. maybe it just me just being like, you know, just wishful thinking. But Well, the reason I'm saying, especially against this quick passing attack sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. It would just make sense. You know, they're trying to get the ball out fast. They're not throwing it downfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the job is is more just rush the path. You're also supposed to disrupt the path. So disrupt, be disruptive. That's the biggest. Which once again, we'll talk about come draft time. That's my biggest thing for interior D linemen. How much yeah. chaos are you causing? And, yeah. uh, and the stats, and the stats don't always bear. It, but they uh, don't. Yeah, but we kind of got off on the tangent there. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, Jalen Carter, point point, point being, <laughs> it's gonna be a big time job pick. Right. But yeah, yeah, I do agree with your pick though, like like of, of Will Anderson. I, I like you know, I said all oh, yeah, I think he's the best player in college football. So yeah. Yeah. I, and he's he's great. But um, the Texans don't fumble this. But yeah, my player though of the bowl season, even though I merely didn't watch most of this game, um Ty J Spears. Um, Too late. Two hundred and five yards, four rushing touchdowns, including that big touchdown that made it an eight point game before they ended up getting the safety. And you know, getting the ball back and scoring. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but yeah, uh yeah, I mean, yeah, two hundred yards, yes, USC. I mean, can't get much better than that. Uh Caleb Williams had four hundred and sixty yards passes and he's 
But, I mean, obviously you can't do it by yourself. Is there something to Lincoln Riley in these... Like, what is going on? Uh, I don't know. Just like, <laughs> you know, they... Get... I guess they, you know, they just, they thought it was wrapped up, so it's just, you know, just what it is. Yeah. There's sleepwalking, and then there's this. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, seriously. Just seriously. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, just moving on though. Uh, we're gonna move to our RPO segment here. You guys know the drill. Uh, read a headline. You want to run with it? Run with it. If not, we'll pass it. Um, let's see, we got a, a um a few stories here, but we're gonna start with Texas A and M for the first two actually. Um, so actually for the first one, I'll come back to the second one. Texas A and M is hiring Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator. You want to run a pass with that one? I'm a pass. For what reason, what reason? I don't think it's going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely the last-ditch effort of like, okay, I'm about to lose my job. You're just taking all the stops here. Is he really going to lose his job, though? That money is still... <laughs> he should, <laughs> but whatever. I mean, we both saying cut the check. Yeah, that's what I say. Except there's one major problem with that. That check not coming out of our account. Nah. So it's easy. <laughs> exactly. It's easy. Like, 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 like... It's not my my million dollars, but come on, I uh, that's man, that's if, bad. That's bad. If I was if I was in charge of that checkbook, you would have been out of here, Jimbo. Yep. Just if I was worth one hundred and twenty million, I would have gave eighty seven million. Like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna be broke. Yeah. <laughs> Just you, you you no no pass pass. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jimbo. Alright. Um. Michigan, uh, so Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, denied rumors that he's going to be leaving for NFL. We'll see how that goes. But they're also under NCAA investigation. Run a pass. I'm going to run with it. Two reasons. One, I think, as crazy as we sound, I think this is actually probably the best time for Harbaugh to leave. There's really nothing for him to gain by staying in Michigan. Yeah. You know, if the NFL comes calling, you might as well go. And as far as the investigation with the COVID, I mean, do, do those investigations even matter anymore? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it doesn't sound like it's going to be like a big deal where they're going to, you know, get like a bowl ban or anything like that. It just probably end up being loss of a few scholarships, you know, some visit right. restrictions, and just don't do this again. Doesn't say, you know, nowadays the NCAA has so little power over the Power Five that. It's like me, you know, getting upset with them not having two tunnels. You know, that's what yeah. the NCAA should be investigating is when they're going to build that second tunnel. Yep, exactly. And speaking of which, though. Um, Please don't tell me there's another tunnel incident. Well, I mean, it was important RPO. I intentionally did not leave it, but the Michigan State players, uh, like one of the players had their charges dropped um, in the skirmish, and then somebody else played guilty to a misdemeanor. misdemeanor so, you know, just, you know. That's what's going on with that. The story never ends. Yeah, but you know, you know, we'll have a whole whole episode on uh, Tunnel Gate. <laughs> tunnel Gate. <laughs> this is like a five part documentary on Netflix. The thirty for thirty. We yep. have told you about the Michigan Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> this. 
When is college game day going to be at Ann Arbor? We got to get a signed crew out there. We do, we do. We tell do. them to just build a second tunnel. <laughs> I know, but have a sign that says, you know, we'll build a tunnel for 20 bucks. You know, we'll solve the problem. But, yeah, it, yeah. I, I think Harbaugh should leave. All right. All right, speaking of leaving, though, um, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest has uh, announced he will be transferring to Notre Dame for his final season. Um, run a pass. I'm going to run. Um, that's a huge pickup for uh, Coach Freeman. Mm-hmm. And I think we were both in the greens. I th- didn't Notre Dame got, what, nine wins this season? Yeah, they definitely overperformed. Over, over I, I don't know if it was nine or eight, but they, they definitely um, – like the, after that rocky start, they definitely picked it up and finished strong. You know, uh, yeah, nine and four. You know, hats off to them because we were not sure they were going to come close to, mm-hmm. and we thought, hey, to stay in Notre Dame, you got to win at least nine games. Yep, and they they got it. So, and then you know, and, and getting um, um, Sam Hartman. You know, Sam Hartman was was quite considered the top transfer. Back to back month of the year this year, he threw for 3,700 yards, 38 touchdowns, and he um, he missed a, a couple of games of a blood clot. Well, I mean, missed a game of a blood and clot issue. I will say this behind that Notre Dame offensive line and those, they have two, they have two good running backs. I won't say great because me and you can line up in the backfield and go get, you know, each get 500 yards, <laughs> you know. And the only reason why we won't get a thousand is because we're thirty plus. Yep, that's it. That's the only reason that offensive line is out there, just knocking fellas off the ball. You know, there was against uh, South Carolina, there were plays. The running backs not getting touched five, six, eight yards down the field. Yeah. So I got a question for you: Is Notre Dame a dark horse next season to look out for potential? With, 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 with this addition, I'm gonna say yes because this year they couldn't throw a football whatsoever. Yeah, you know, now they have a quarterback, a, a really good dual threat quarterback. Yeah, I, I think Notre Dame might honestly, especially with the playoff expansion coming up, is it next year it starts or is it two years? Mm, um, 25. 25. Okay, so it's two years. All right, I'm not going to say they're a playoff team next year, but I think they're going to be the outside looking in. I actually think this team is going to be having an argument for it. Uh, it would not shock me if Notre Dame goes 11-1 regular season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Sam Harmon is going to be a huge help for them. They're not losing to Marshall. But this is- <laughs> yeah, 2024-25 to be exact. But 20, right. You know. but, uh, all right, so next. Uh Colorado's Deion Sanders must wear Nike gear while coaching. Uh, well, let me correct myself. Colorado, so basically, they're with Under Armour and he wants to wear Nike. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're with Nike and he wants to wear Under Armour. Yeah, running past. Kind of messed it up. The headline was Wait, different when I clicked so on it than what it was. The school is with Nike. So, yeah, so, yeah, so the school's with Nike and he has to deal with Under Armour. And he was uh, initially going to wear Under Armour sideline, but okay, um, therefore it's nowhere like. I'm gonna run with this, but it, this is just about Coach Prime and this Colorado chaos in general. There's way too much outside stuff. 
There's way too much outside stuff going on here. I, I'm not saying this is going to turn out like this program. But Jack, not Jackson State. Colorado, you're starting to shape up to be like A&M. And like to be like an old Miss. Where you know you, those programs always have a lot of noise around them. A yeah. lot of things that you're like, what does this have to do with football? Why are they... Because even, even the amount of players that transfer from Jackson State to Colorado, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I think there's just too much going on. And for this to even be a discussion, the school is sponsored by Nike. They have a deal with Nike. I know most coaches don't get into this issue, but you didn't think about that when you chose to go to Colorado. Yep, exactly. Yeah, like I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's too much stuff going on. Yeah, I want more football only talk coming out of Colorado. Yep. All right. <clears throat> and lastly, uh, Ruben Owens says he'll make six figures at Texas A and M. Run a pass. Run just like all those other players are running out of that school. Yeah, I sent you guys the link. Uh, I don't know if you, you oh, um, saw, saw the screenshot. They have twenty-seven oh. players so far who's transferred out of out of this of, of A&M. Are they going to hit thirty plus? I think so because you know, uh, another winner's going to open up after the spring. I definitely think they're going to have some more players to leave after the spring. Oh yeah, this I don't. The thing that gets me with Ruben Owens, okay, if you remember correctly, early in the year. He canceled his visit to AM. He canceled his visit to AM because he said, This is ridiculous. He was disgusted with their performance. So he said he was done. He didn't visit. Yep. And now he's suddenly saying, I can make more money at AM. And what did you say? This is not to go do a commercial or anything. He said, How do I get that money? Like scoring touchdowns and yeah. stuff. But then you say, then there's going to be some commercial stuff I can do. But first, he just says score touchdowns, which right. basically admitting, like, okay, it's pay for play. play. Yeah. And I don't like this. Like, this, maybe yeah, I'm sure some people say you just don't like uh, AM. And I don't. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of what's going on here. Yeah. I, you know, I just don't see how. Anybody's under the impression that this is that NIL is anything other than pay for play. Yep. And you got to be very naive to think otherwise. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous, and I don't see one. I get it. If you you know if you're Ruben Owens, you have to make that decision, right? They're paying you the most. Yeah, I mean, I don't fault the kids at all. I mean, no. they just get paid, get paid, you know. Well, yeah, because realistically, whether you're Reuben Owens or not, yeah, he might go pro. You know, I said might. Yeah. You know, because it's not a guarantee. Football is not like basketball. You know, if you're the Zion in high school, hey, you know you're going to get an NBA contract. You're going to make at least $50 million in your life. Yep. In a short amount of time, no problem. That doesn't apply to football. We see top players 
in you know twenty four seven sports who don't really even play sometimes. There are guys who are Ormel Americans who really don't play college football. Yeah. So I completely understand you want to go earn some cash. I just don't like the way it's being done. Yeah. I agree. Couldn't say it better myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, it's pay for play. It's, I mean, I, I get it. You, you players get your money. Like, cause ultimately, ultimately these football players, um, if you, even if you make it to the NFL, you at most have a, have a fifteen. If you're a, if you're an amazing player, have a fifteen year window to make money. A- right. Average player four to five years to make money, um, and then you know if you're, if you're just the the typical person who gets like we say all the time, the this upcoming draft for the vast majority of people in that draft, that's the best of their NFL career. Yeah, so I feel that if, if you have a chance to like. Um, start making money earlier, and hey, do it. You know, now, your earning potential is not going to be at that level for that long. I wonder. We've seen this time and time again. The easiest way to mess up anything, you know, not, I shouldn't say mess up, but one of the things we've seen in this country is people always find a way to find a new group to tax. Yeah. You know, Uncle Sam always wants his cut. Just yep. what it is. He, he he's always looking for a way. The most consistent man in the country. Hey man, he always gonna get his cut. I wonder how these kids are handling because it is tax season now. Well, almost. You know, I wonder how they're handling this now with this these NIL deals. Yeah. And how many kids even understand how taxes work? Because it's not something that most people even taught. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, a lot of these schools are having like financial literacy courses and stuff for them that they're required to take, but yeah, but I don't know if it's actually a course or more of like a class, like like most, like a, like a, like a two-hour, you know. Most of these things that I've read up on are more leaning more towards a class. You just go yeah. in, take your one or two-hour class, you sit there, and listen, and then you're done. Yeah, I and then don't. they say, then they say, screw that up and then go ball out. Exactly, you know, and you know, if I was an eighteen, you just gave me, you know, six to seven figures. I'm not saying I would be responsible with it. I would like to say I would be, but I won't tell that lie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, but yeah, that's about. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was interesting, and uh, we'll see what happens in our But we, we, we. we, we we do gotta get to our show, you know, y'all show, but that's gonna be sooner rather than later. Just gonna finalize yeah. some things. We'll, you know, uh, maybe you know, our next show we talk about the, the championship game, but then after that, we'll definitely get you know just in depth of you know of our right. thoughts and feelings and, on and that. By then, recruiting will be you know it's not finalized till February. Yeah, but but nobody cares about that, that signing no more. Yeah, the loss of signing day. Are you a little disappointed about that? Yeah. I I really am. I mean, I guess it's some um, we can lump in in our show, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's definitely an impact, you know. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. Like, between signing day, the transfer portal, nil, like yeah, this isn't the game that I recognized growing up, and, and I hate to be that guy, you know that well, back yeah. in my day, you know. But you know, it's, it's not okay. You can step up on the soapbox sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, moving on though. National Championship game, uh, Monday night in L.A., TCU versus Georgia, number one versus number three. 
Georgia's undefeated. TCU had that one loss against Kansas State in the championship game, but uh, obviously came back and beat Michigan. Um, this should be a fun game. I definitely think it's going to be a high score. I don't know what the over-under is, but I'm taking the over. Um, oh, over-under is 62.5. I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah. If if if, if betting was legal in Cal- – if, if uh, online betting was legal in California, I would put some money on the over right now. How is but, that not legal in California? I don't know. I guess Vegas? I, 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 I don't know. Uh, but the proximity to Vegas, I don't know. Of all the things, okay. I don't know. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, you know, some uh big, you know, big wig in Vegas is like, but nope. bet MGM is a thing. Yeah, that'd be like, nope, y'all can't uh, bet in California. We want y'all to come to Vegas. But I mean, I it's, it's, look, it's a short flight, so yeah. Oh yeah, it's a very easy flight. It's a, it's, it's a convenient flight, but yeah. But Georgia's a 12 and a half point favorite this game as well. Well, I do know this. I know, speaking of run earlier, he is rooting for TCU. He does believe Georgia's going to win. Same here. Um, I will say this. I don't, I'm not sure if TCU can handle the Brock in the middle. And that's the thing that kind of has me a bit worried. Just in the way he was able to find those openings against Ohio State. And when it's crunch time, just make those plays. I don't think TCU can handle him. They're not going to be able to contain him all game. That's my biggest concern. I agree. And I wonder, you know, when you have a dominant tight end like him, eating up the middle of the field, it causes a lot more problems. You know, so mm-hmm. that you get a lot more one-on-ones on the outside. You have a lot more. And it takes away a lot of coverages. I wonder how TCU is going to handle that. But on the other side, you know, there's another test with Mr. Johnson. I think he's going to do just fine. Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to get his. I, I do agree with you. Like, one of my keys was how TCU would handle those two tight ends. Yes. Um, because, you know, TCU, you know, um, they used to go 3-3-5-ish. So they're usually, you know, smaller. So I can see that mat- that that being a mismatch all all night that that Georgia can exploit. Um, also, though, I do feel that one thing that if I'm Georgia, I will do more so is running football, and that's one thing that you know Georgia's always been known for running football, but this year they haven't been running it at an extremely high clip. Um, I would like to see them, you know, get to that more so this game because I do feel that against the smaller defense. They could really have some success in that run game and set that play action to those tight ends. Um, for TCU, though, I just look for them just swarming to the football, you know, game tackling, um, just playing with the energy that, that they played with for three and a half quarters against Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them do that. You know, Quentin Johnson, I want to see him against those corners at Georgia. We've been saying all year, you know, he, you know, best receiver in football, big time play, big time plays, and big time moments. Yeah. Uh, big time games, but um, we'll there's see what he does. He's in the national title game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no bigger moment. So, um, I, 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 I'm excited about this. You know, honestly, this is the most excited championship game that I could think of. Um, and it's more so just because of you know TCU kind of upsetting Apple Cart and bidding the in there. One, the thing that also that gets me with this team because you know talking to some fellas this past week. You know about the game, and I was like, you know, this game. Almost neither of these teams are phenomenal. 
You know, like George is really good. Don't get me wrong, but when I say phenomenal, you remember when LSU played Clemson for the national title? Oh well, LSU—that's probably the greatest football, uh, probably the greatest football team of all time. But this is gonna say like that LSU team. No one honestly who really thought Kirby, not Kirby, that Clemson had a shot to win that game. Yeah, I think Clemson may have felt they had a shot for the first minute and a half of the game. Yeah, just like Alab- just like USC thought they could beat Bama in that game. Yeah, then reality set in very quickly. Yeah. It became very. Whereas, like when Alabama played Ohio State and Justin Fields, it was obvious Bama's just a better team here. There is, I don't think that's the situation in this game. Like, I believe TCU can beat Georgia. There are roads that lead TCU to the title game, but I do agree with you. It seems as though Washington will play Monday night, and I have yeah. to wonder. Did that three three five? Yeah. Who is covering Washington? Because you can't um, just get zone defense against Bama. All, I mean, against Georgia all night. Yeah. That that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then I on agree. the flip side, Max Duggan has to play better. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. You know, the guy who was a Heisman finalist. Did you finish number two for the Heisman? I believe so. Yeah, and yeah, you got you got to play better than what you did against Michigan. Because, yeah, because if if he repeats that performance, and you know, um, then Georgia's going to cover. Yeah, it, they will cover. Heck, it, it'll be over quick if he plays the way he did against Michigan. And also the other catch, because you know, watching them, they were opportunistic on defense against Michigan. I don't think Georgia's going to make the same mistakes, but I do agree with you. George is going to have to run the football more. Yeah. Once again, those double tight sets with Washington and Bowers. I wonder if if you're UGA, do you take a little bit from the game plan they had against Tennessee? You know, because Tennessee had this phenomenal offense, tons of firepower, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what did UGA do? They went double ties. There were times they would stack them on the same side. Yep. And just bullied them. Yep. I know if I'm, you know, TCU, the one thing that will change up my that will really hurt that scheme, if they get those blockers going downhill, you know, that three three five it is a gimmicky defense. And you run it because you don't have the personnel to run something more traditional. I just think, I don't know. That that's the only thing that gives me a little pause is the fact that I think Georgia can be more physical. Also, I think we're both agreeing this. Do you think Carter's gonna have a better game this week? Um, he has to. I mean, especially against that TCU run game. Because TCU is gonna try to establish the run against Georgia. Yes. Um, they've been running the ball all year very well. Um, Kendra Miller was one of the guys who was um. I don't know if I picked him for the RINTs or you know, but he's definitely on that list of you know that, that short list. But uh, but he, right. I know, but I know he was injured in um, the backup. Um, I can't say his name, but the um, Mercado he had a big game. But I do think they're going to try to run the ball, and I think Jalen Carter needs you know. I mean, it's not about the tackles for him, but just more about commanding double teams and just you know as right. we said earlier, you know, just wreaking havoc. 
Because the reason I'm saying that is, if he, let's just say he has a typical game, do you think TCU can win? Uh, I mean, they could, but they, they they just would have to get creative in the run game. Now, I don't know if they can actually, you know, um, attack the edges against George. I think George is too fast for that. Right. But they would have to, you know, get a little bit creative, you know, run more counters and things like that. Um, because there is you know, um, do some, um, you know, uh, some read options where you just basically, you know, are um, because if if, you, if if you're doubling Jaden Carter, if you run read option, you know, you leave a guy free anyway, so that you right. know that gives you that extra blocker back. I've so, seen teams trap Carter a few times. Okay. To mix results, I will say that because there's some people who pull that guard around. And that guard is somewhere is out on a stretcher. <laughs> so, and there's other times, you know, he he takes the cheese, you know. Yeah. And I've never seen him get depleted, but I, I've seen. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of with you. If you get him moving on that counter, pull that guard back. Maybe you can catch him a few times because that's those are the things you do to me. To slow down really good, talented mm-hmm. defensive linemen, you gotta get them, you know, just second guessing just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, get their like, momentum going one way and then just try to, you know. Right. You know, because like I said, Florida tried it a little bit and, you know. Maybe some inside zones, you know, just bring just, the tight end over to, you know, to chip. Right. Isn't those cutback lanes. You've, you've got you to do some things to just make him think. A little bit, and if he's thinking instead of just playing, that helps you out. Yeah. You know? Now, with that being said, whoever's pulling, and you know, look, this is your assignment. You gotta go make that block. Yep. This is not no tiptoe drill. This is you hauling with everything you have because, like, I mean, we just discussed it. You know, he's he's arguably the best or second best pick for the Texans in this year's draft. Not saying he's gonna be the number two, number one player, but it's either him or Will Anderson that we would say take. Yeah, that's high praise. Yeah. Now, part of me, I'm gonna just throw this out there. I think George is gonna win. Okay. I, I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I say, who better than Georgia? All right. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that. So I'm gonna ask. Uh, so you say you pick Georgia to win. Who's your player of the game? And do you think they covered at twelve and a half? Player of the game is going to go to Stetson Bennett. I think he's going to have okay. you know, put the stats up. But the key to the game, I actually think it's going to be Mr. Carter. I think he's going to have one of his games. I I think it's going to be one of those we're going to be seeing come draft night when they're showing highlights. I think he's going he's going to make a few to just to just get rid of that running game. And I do agree with you. It's not even going to be a lot of flashy plays. But I think he's going to get enough penetration, enough chaos in the middle of all of that. Because I think we can both agree. TCU is not running sideline to sideline against Georgia. Yeah, not not consistently. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to have to win it between the tackles. And I don't think he's going to allow them to do it. He's my key to the game. I think... He plays the way I'm thinking he will play. No, he's the person I'm first handling handing the trophy to. If I'm Kirby, <laughs> hey, great game. And on the offensive side of the ball, I'm going Bowers. I think Bowers is gonna have a field day. I don't. 
all because TCU's defense has not been that good all year. Mm-mm. You know, it, they have not been that good all year. They've given up some monster plays, and they've been bailed out by Quinn Johnson many times. Yep. I think Georgia's going to get after Max Duggan, put him on the ground a few times. And as far as Quinn Johnson, I will, I'm going to just say this. I do think he'll catch for 80 to 100 yards. I think he's going to have a good game. You know, I don't think there's anybody who's stopping that kid from having a good game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that you said. Um, I So, I am picking Georgia to win this game as well. I don't think they cover, though. Um, yeah, I have to agree. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I do agree. I think uh, Sisson, um, Ben is going to have a good game. But for me, my key to the game, I wouldn't say player of the game, but my key will be, um, well, not player, but players, you know, it's that Georgia secondary. In particular, Chris Smith, uh, All-American, Keely Ringo, who's one of the better uh, corners in the country. And then um, Malachi starts a guy I've been high on, who I think is going to be, when when his, when, his, when when he's a junior, he's going to be the top DB off the well, the top safety off the board, I believe. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm very high on Malachi Starr, so I do think that you know, just those defensive backs, um, just how they play against Quentin Johnson, if they can can slow him down, because we saw, you know, granted, TCU did a great against Michigan because they were able to run the ball. I don't think they'll have that same success against um, Georgia, so. It's going to come down to that passing game. And if, if 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 they have another game like last week where only Quentin Johnson shows up, then Quentin Johnson can get his. But, you know, if, if no one else is stepping up and the secondary is doing a good job of shutting them down, then I just don't see TCU having a chance. They have to be able to pass the ball. I think, obviously, it starts with the run game, but they have to pass better than they did last week to win. See, the thing that gets me with the TCU attack, you know, Quentin Johnson makes a lot of big plays down the field. Yeah, a lot of big plays. I'm not sure they're gonna have the time to get those deep shots off to him because I, I just, I really believe George's defensive line, which has been really good, and you know I've not been the biggest fan of them. I thought last year's defense was better, but it seems like this this year's defense statistically wise is better. Yeah, you know, make that make sense. <laughs> they, look, they had studs all over yeah. the field last year. And they still have a lot of talent on that defense this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely that, definitely that. I just – I I think they will put TCU away. Yeah. If I had to throw out a score, I think they're going to get close to covering, but they won't cover. I'm calling 45 to 35. Okay. But yeah. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, if I can do a score, I, I, I think it's going to be a little closer than that. I can see it being more like 38, 34, yeah. you know, with TCU having a chance to win late. Um, but I think ultimately Georgia is going to make enough plays to win this game. Right. But I'm looking they, forward to it. I think it's a big deal. Now, really, really briefly, because it's, we got a couple of fights this weekend. I'm, I think we're on the same page. Boots is going to take care of business. Yeah. I think in spectacular fashion. Um, what about the old Tank Davis? Thank you. Like you asked me earlier, you know, um, my prediction, I, I said six round. You know, yeah. I'm kind of stand with that. I mean, I'm looking forward to it, though. Tank is one of my favorite fighters to watch, though. Like, he's one of the few people who I will actually consider buying pay-per-view nowadays. 
I have to question that because he doesn't seem like the type of fighter that you typically like. I love watching Tank. I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love like he's. I mean, it's it's just more of like he he's entertaining as a fighter. Like I just yeah, can't. I can't. You know, I just know when I watch him. When I watch him, I'm gonna have an exciting fight. When I True. watch some fighters that I like, yeah, I might like these fighters, but it might be boring. You know, I love I love Shakur, but his yeah. fights are not always the most exciting. Terence Crawford is tight. He's one of my favorites, but um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think you know Tank's gonna put on a show. I think you know he's gonna mix it up. Um, he's gonna um, land that jab two or three times the whole fight. What is that? I don't think he's really gonna mix up what he's throwing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's gonna, you know, uh, but yeah, um, I think you know it's gonna be um, uh, an exciting fight. I don't know much about. Um, Hector Luis Garcia, to be honest with you, uh, I'm not too, I'm not too familiar with them. Um, honestly, this is more of a, um, a bridge fight anyway for the uh, potential Ryan Garcia payday anyway. So right. he just has he has to uh, take care of business, and then like like you said earlier, Boots is on the on the card. Also, um, Demetrius Bubu Andre, you know, one of my favorite fighters, who is, uh, as the masses would say, really really boring. Uh, but again, you know. I'm a big fan of his. Defensively, right. um, amazing. I I was really hoping for that um, Andre Charlo fight that um, that never really came to fruition. Big mm-hmm. Charlo, um, which I always wondered why. But hopefully, I mean, hopefully, still can happen. But I think he's moving uh, up for this fight. But I don't know if he's permanently moving up. I think he's going right. to 168 for this fight. But um, no, I do agree with you. I I think Tank will take care of business. Um, he's still. The fighter, like I said, I remember the last time he fought, it was like, hey, th- this guy landed like, what was it, eight or ten jabs? It was, it was a slow. Yeah, something like that. I remember telling you, you were like, well, he doesn't really throw. I was like, but he threw about, you know, what was it, like 50 of them? <laughs> and you're like, well, I was like, you know, this guy has a, I want to say his own unique style because I know some people don't like to throw a lot of jabs. You know, but, you know, we talked about this a lot. The jab sets the table, you know. But for Tank, it it doesn't matter, you know. He he's got power in both hands. He's left some people still sleeping. I just yeah, I think Leo Santa Cruz is just now waking up. Hopefully he's you know hopefully he realizes he's in twenty three. He might not you know he might not. It's just I think Tank is going to take care of business, like you said once again. Is going to be an exciting fashion. I'm gonna separate him from Boots because I think Boots is gonna dominate. You know, I think that. But the big question is, who is Boots gonna get to fight next? Man, I really hope he can get that step up, man. Like that's just. I mean, he's getting a chance on pay per view. Yeah, honestly, it's gonna sound weird. I think he probably would have been better off just headlining his own card on like a Showtime or something. Um, yeah. just for like um visibility. Yeah, um, I always say that with a lot of fighters. It's better to be, you want to be where the real boxing fans are going to watch. Yeah, You know, like, I remember with the UFC when they actually had Fight Pass. It was like, the cards you want to be on are the Fight Pass exclusives. Because those are the hardcore fans. Those people are going to be like, no, 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 you want to check this guy out. He's really, You want those the hardcore fans really talking you up. So then when you do show up to ESPN, they've gotten everybody excited to see you. Mm-hmm. You get even more visibility. Yeah. Like, I don't know. 
was a nice fight. I mean, I would like to see him fight a guy like Dennis Ugas, you know, for instance. I would like to see okay. a, a fight like that because I think that, you know, Ugas is a former champion, you know, and I think if he can beat somebody like him, then maybe people would take him serious for that fight with Crawford or Spence. That's like he wants Crawford and Spence, um, but people, but you know, people just don't want to fight him because right now, I feel like there's no more of this. Well, he he, you know, he he hasn't really followed anybody or he's not on our level yet because right now, you know, depending on who you ask, he's the third best welterweight right now. Like you know, as far as like. A lot of rankings. I think ESPN actually had him number three in their list of welterweights. So he's there now, you know. So it's just a matter of getting that big fight. And I really hope that you know someone like Ugas or maybe Keith Thurman. I think that'll be another good one. Um, now Virgil Ortiz is in the same boat as um, Ennis. I don't want to see them two mix it up yet. I you know um, I I would like to see them both kind of go their separate ways and both try to you know um, climb the ladder together. I mean, I mean, separately, I'm sorry, and then kind of clash, because I think that's the future uh, Crawford and Spence is Ennis and Ortiz. Those are your two, mm-hmm. you know, guys in the division that's going to really tote it, unless one moves up, you know, which is possible. But No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Huh. It's, a, it's going to be interesting. I think Boots, very good fight. I, I don't, I'm not sure if he's ready for Crawford or Spence. Like, yeah, like I say, I don't, I don't know if he's ready, but I just feel like, you know, they're fighting on these lower level guys, so, you know, you can't use the excuse now of, like, okay, he's not ready because he's there yeah. now. Yeah, these other guys are. So, yeah, I agree. Well, any final thoughts? Um, uh, I, mean, I think we've covered, for the most part, um, another fighter who I do want to kind of, like, bring up, though, is uh, Rashidi Ellis. I want to watch him one time, though. He's a pretty good fighter. He's also on the undercard of this fight. Uh, very good prospect, welterweight. I think this is, you know, going to be a chance for him to really kind of get his name out there as well. Um, so look out for him. He has to fight, um, you know, on the card as well, Rashidi Ellis. So. Okay. All right. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, but outside of that, that'll be it. Though um, I think we cover a lot of bases. I think, um, like I said, next week I do want to, um, you know, recap the national championship game. But then after that. I want to have some different type of shows, you know. I definitely want to do some boxing, you know. Of course. And obviously our NIL show, you know, uh, and then draft yeah. talks. I'll be looking forward to that, though. Tired yeah. basketball, of course. Kind but, of kicking uh, off. I think you know now we're in, yeah we're in conference play. We're in conference play. It's time to see who the dogs are going to be. Yeah. Uh, as far as boxing, I think we're going to get a much better year. I think twenty three is going to be a better year than twenty two was. I think they. I, oh yeah, it has to be. It has to be it. Twenty two would disappoint. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. They, but, they started off hot, but then they just kind of yeah, hot. just I don't know. Yeah, but any um final thoughts before we head out? No. All right. But about wraps it up for this edition of the Iron Teeth Podcast. Um, for my co-host here, King, I'm A Train, and we out. Yeah, have a good one.